Welcome to another edition of I'm a Public Health Professional, Get Me Out of Here. Now there can be many reasons for your favourite football team sending you home glum after another embarrassing defeat. Believe me, following the mighty Barnet as I do, the feeling's all too familiar. One of the post-match excuses I've not come across though is, I'm sick as a parrot, the boys didn't perform because the air quality was poor today. But according to a bunch of German scientists, for every 1% in air pollution concentration, the number of passes by each player decreases by an average of 0.2%. The negative effects of pollution also seem to increase with age, with players over 30 showing more errors. Defenders and midfielders are the positions most likely to be affected, as they are more attached to the game and exert a larger number of passes, said the researchers. The conclusions were drawn from an in-depth study of almost 3,000 matches across 32 different stadiums over a 12-year period. The team collected data on 1,771 players from 29 different teams. If a stadium didn't have the appropriate air quality monitoring data nearby, it was dropped from the survey. So maybe all of that explains England's complete lack of success since 1966. After all, the government are again under fire from lawyers Climate Earth, who are planning to take legal action if ministers refuse to drastically reduce air pollution. An original appeal to the Supreme Court last year resulted in the government being ordered to produce plans to bring levels of nitrogen dioxide within the EU limits. Ministers responded by creating special anti-pollution zones in Leeds, Southampton, Birmingham, Nottingham, Derby and London. They say they have also committed £2 billion from 2011 to improve standards of buses, dustbin lorries and fire engines. But they still don't envisage that the air will meet EU health standards around the UK until 2020 and 2025 in London because of the delay in getting older, dirtier vehicles off the roads. Client Earth says if the government declines to propose new measures, it will ask the High Court to compel ministers to submit improved plans. It says the ministerial code obliges ministers to abide by court rules. The European Commission has the powers to fine the UK, among many other nations, in breach of the air quality rules, but it's waiting to see the British legal system process exhausted before it considers intervention. Of course, by the 24th of June, it might not have to bother. The Food Standards Agency is set to publish brave new targets in an attempt to cut the number of cases of Campylobacter by over 100,000 every year. The bug, which is still the most common form of foodborne illness in the UK, has been the subject of an intensive survey over the past couple of years, with retailers making some progress in reducing levels of contamination in poultry. Despite all the action taken, though, the FSA missed its previous target of reducing the most heavily contaminated birds to less than 10% of those sampled by the end of 2015. The FSA are now asking retailers to publish results of their own testing or face being named and shamed. All's not well in our favourite quango when it comes to their budget either. There's a meeting of the board will hear next week that they intend to cut the amount of money put aside for official food controls and local authority assistance by a cool £4 million. Now put that cigarette out. 
That's what holidaymakers will be told this year on the Pembrokeshire beach of Little Haven that's become Wales' first smoke-free beach. Well, actually, for Dad's Army fans, it's less of a Warden Hodges put-out-light-out and more like a Sergeant Wilson, if you wouldn't mind awfully. But it seems that an enforceable ban is not possible because the Crown owns the British seabed, so any ban presumably would have to come straight from Buckingham Palace. 35 pupils from nearby Broadhaven took part in the launch, the number chosen to reflect the approximate number of children who take up smoking in Wales every day. Set to coincide with National No Smoking Day, time will tell if the move will be a success. A little bit of what your fancy does you good. Well, now scientists have found that early exposure to foods containing peanuts could be the key to preventing peanut allergies developing. Working at King's College in London, the researchers discovered that children given foods containing peanuts before the age of five proved much less likely to develop nut allergies. The children were all selected as they were predisposed to allergic reactions to start with, suffering from eczema or egg allergies. Scientists found that the consumption of the equivalent of one and a half teaspoons of peanut butter and one small boiled egg every week was enough to protect children from developing an allergy. It's a rising problem as between 1995 and 2005 the number of people diagnosed and suffering from peanut allergy tripled. Now if you're going on a health and safety course Always best to arrive safely, isn't it? That's why officials at Huntingdon Racecourse called off last week's proposed training because, as a spokesman said, it was too dangerous for people to access it on flooded roads. Health and safety trainer David Parsfield added, ah, you have to laugh at the irony of it, don't you? this week we've discovered that the Queen may not be too happy to stay with our European neighbours. Well, according to the Sun anyway, as the nation gears up for its forthcoming day out on the 23rd of June. To Brexit or not to Brexit is the question, with experts on both sides putting their case. Whilst immigration and economy are likely to be the two deciding factors, been some interesting comments made about public health and the environment should we find ourselves having a messy divorce. There's no doubt the bulk of our environmental legislation comes from Brussels these days, but does that mean if it was removed we'd be incapable of producing some of our own? In some cases we wouldn't even need to. The Health and Safety at Work Act 1974 was put into action with little reference to Europe and has stood the test of time pretty well as have the provisions of the Clean Air Act 1993 that dates back to the post-smog legislation of the 1950s. Housing law has also survived pretty well in establishing principles of what makes a dwelling habitable. There is an argument doing the rounds that Europe is the only thing that stops the current administration from ignoring large swathes of public health and environmental legislation, which looking at how the greenest government ever hasn't turned away from its blue roots might be a good call. But I guess even then you have to ask yourself, do you want to stay in the EU because it acts as a kind of environmental Ofsted inspector, reflecting the fact you have no confidence in the current government to do the right thing? As they say, this one will run and run. And for everyone who had a vote from last time, here we go again. See you in a fortnight. You know you made me cry I see no use in wondering why
Public health professional Get Me Out of Here is written, presented, and produced by Pete Hill. All comments made are purely personal and do not relate to any other body. This podcast is protected by a Creative Commons license. Any unauthorized reproduction for commercial gain is strictly prohibited. You know you made me cry. I see no use in wondering why. Change your mind I see no reason to change mine